Lord saints. Before you take your seats, let me read this scripture into your hearing. Let me read this scripture into your hearing. I need you to understand that the Lord has opened the door for us. And it's for us to walk through that door. I need you to say that. I need you to listen to me really carefully. The door has been opened for you. And it's just for you to walk on through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me read the scripture until you hear it. 2 Corinthians 2. Keep the pace right there. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10. And he says, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For I forgave you anything to whom I forgave it. For your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ. Lest Satan should get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. Verse 12 and 13 is where I really want to go. Furthermore, when I came to the Troas to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened to me of the Lord, I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus, my brother, but taking my leave of them, I went from thence to Macedonia. Verse 14, now, thanks be unto God, which always causeth us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. I've got a whole message before that one, but I need to focus on that last verse. Thanks be unto God that causes us to triumph. Look, this is him taking a losing team, putting that losing team on his back. And causing us to win. You better preach. preach. This is us being 22, oh and we lost all the games. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We've lost all the points. We're down by 50 at the half. But somehow Jesus causes us to triumph. You know, my wife, I watch games at home. I watch games, basketball games, football games, all the time. It gets to the fourth quarter and I say to myself, man, this game's over. They're down by 40, it's only two minutes left. And my wife says, it's not over till it's over. She always keeps telling me, and I switch off the chair, I'm too upset to watch it now. <laughs> There's always one person on the team who refuses to quit. Even though everybody else is playing like the game's over already. And I want to encourage you, don't play this game like it's over. Fight! Fight! Thanks be unto God who makes me win. Thanks be unto God who never lets me give up. Hallelujah. I'm giving God thanks. I'm not quitting. He's on my team. I can be down by 60. I can be down by 100. He'll change the rules. He's both on my side and the referee. the court. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God.
causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to talk to you today. I want you to give me a chance to talk to you today. About having an open door and an open mind. Sometimes we have the open door part and don't even realize it. And the thing we really need is an open mind to walk through the door. We used to, we set, we used to sing a song um, in, in, in England, in, in slightly different version in America, I noticed that they do that all the time. They have different versions of the same song. The, the song we used to sing is, tell me what more, what more can Jesus do, right? Tell me what more, what more can Jesus do? He has laid the foundation and, and opened wide the door. That's how we sang it in England. Now you sing it in your, now how did it start? What more can he do? What more can he do? He has laid the foundation and opened up the door, opened up the way. It's still the point is, what more can he do? Let me read a scripture for you real quick from Revelations. Revelations chapter 3 and verse 7 talks about the Philadelphia church. The church in Philadelphia. And it says to the, this is what it says, chapter 3 and verse 7 says, And to the angel of the church of, in Philadelphia, write these things, saith he that is holy, he that is true. I just love, I could just stay on that part all day. This is the one who's saying this. The one who doesn't lie. The one who is righteous. The one who is holy. The one who is true is saying this. Like if there's an assurance about this, I don't want you to, t I don't want you to tell me what no one else says yes, sir. Yes, sir. if he says it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Like I don't care what the prevailing wisdom is. I don't care what common sense is. <laughs> I don't want care what reason is if he said it. If the Holy One said it, if the True One says it, don't worry about what everything else, the evidence is portraying to us. I need you to focus on what He said. He that hath the key of David, he that has the authority and the royalty, has the throne. So this is saying not only is He holy, not only is He true, but He also has authority by His throne to do what He's saying He's doing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. He that openeth and no man shutteth. I love this verse. I love this scripture. It's talking about our Christ. That he opens stuff up <clears throat> and nobody can close it. <laughs> That's some power right there. Like, doors are designed to be opened easily. Closed easily, but when I close it, no such convenience exists on that door. Like I've taken away the authority and power, the natural mechanics of the door when I close it. Like now it can't do what it's supposed to do because I was the one who closed it. This is what my power of our Lord and Savior is. So you're worried maybe about maybe the job isn't quite what you want it to be. And you're worried maybe your children and your friends aren't quite what you're expecting them to be. But I need you to understand that when the Lord is ready to open that door, 
door. No one can close it, and when he's closing the door, no one can open it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This is the power of my Lord. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But sometimes I think we don't realize. Sometimes the door is closed for a reason. Thank you, Lord. Okay, okay, okay. Sometimes it's open for a reason, and you've got to have the mind to understand when it's supposed to be open and when it's supposed to be closed. Understood. You hear what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Speak Holy Ghost. Let me keep reading this. And it says, He that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Meaning sometimes that door's supposed to be closed. Let me put it another way. There is no way you can go from this side of town to the minister's side of town without hitting at least one green red light. <laughs> it doesn't mean you have to stop your journey. It just means you have to pause and wait. It's not asking you to stop, it's asking you to wait. Here's the other thing. If all the lights in Columbus were suddenly green, it would be chaos. You want every door to you to be open today. And the Lord's saying, I can't do that for you because it will be chaos for your life. I've got to close some doors to you. I've got to keep you in one way rather than in another way because it would be chaos. You're saying, Lord, give me, show me the plan for my life. But you're not listening to the plan and that it needs steps. Yes, sir. Understood. Yes, sir. Thank you, Jesus. So sometimes doors need to be closed for you. Yes, sir. Sometimes it's safer for you that the light is actually red rather than green. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're thinking about your progress and the Lord's thinking about your life. Yes, sir. Understood. Understood. Thank you, Jesus. Speak to me today. Yes, sir. Don't worry about the fact that the door's closed right now. You have to understand that the Lord sometimes needs that door for you to be closed. But listen to what it says in the next verse. I know thy works, Philadelphia. Behold, I have set before thee, what? An open door. <laughs> look, at where, look at what actually happens when you go from one location to another, when you have to go from one room to another. You literally have to propel yourself through whatever the door is. You have to get there. It doesn't matter that the door's open. <laughs> If you don't go through the door, it doesn't matter that, that there's a safe place if you're in the middle of a storm and you say, I need to get indoors, I need to get into the basement. And the door is open for you to get down into the basement. It doesn't matter that the door's before you. It matters that you understand the doors before you and you walk through it. So the Lord has put before us an open door, meaning that on the other side of that is something that is going to be helpful to us. But now that he's put the door there, we have to recognize it and walk through it. Some of the problem I'm realizing is that the Lord has put the door before us, but we are looking in the wrong direction. And rather than walk through the door, you're standing around asking the Lord to deliver you. And the Lord is saying, I have set before you an open door. Why aren't you going through the door? You may ask yourself the question, well, Lord, just put me in the place. Look, you need to sometimes deliver your own self into safety. I've got to have you move forward into what I have ordained for you. You have to draw yourself through the door. But we have to recognize what the door is. 
we have to see it and understand it. He says, I've placed before, don't you see that I've placed before you an open door? What I find fascinating about the delivery of revelations and these to, this, to, to these churches, and he's saying to Philadelphia, I've placed in front of you, he's saying the Lord has said to me, and he's delivering the words of the Lord to Philadelphia. And the Lord's words is I, Jesus, have placed before you an open door. Fascinating thing is who's giving this message right now? John, right? John on where is he? The Isle of Patmos. Where is the Isle of Patmos? Nothing but a prison on an island. And he's speaking to John in the prison on the island. Tell those people over there in Philadelphia, there's an open door in front of them. But you are in prison right now. Look, I need you to understand something. You don't have to have all your stuff together to tell somebody else there's an open door in front of you. Preach, preacher. You don't need it. Preacher. You don't need deliverance to give somebody else a message of deliverance. Oh my God. You can pray for somebody right now and have pain in your arm yes, and still wow. pray for them. Oh, preacher. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You understand what I'm oh saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't have to have your bank account all yes, fixed up yes, sir. to pray blessings into yes. somebody else. Wow. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, sir. The open door can be right in front of them yes, sir. while you're dealing with, with your, your closed stuff. door. Wow. You understand what I'm saying here? You're looking to become rich, to pray richness into somebody else. And the Lord's saying you don't have to wait. You're poor, but I'm saying you're rich. Therefore, take the richness and give it to somebody else. Don't wait for your door to be open to tell somebody else there's a door in front of them. That's malice. That's bad man. Let them know. They've got deliverance coming around the corner. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to wait for this place to have a hundred people before I preach the gospel strong. Yes, yes, yes. I'm going to preach it with three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll preach it with two. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. Quiet as it's kept. Yes, sir. I preached it with me and my wife. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on. Come on. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, sir. He has placed before you an open door. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But because you're waiting okay. somehow for your door to be so obvious, and okay. maybe you're looking, what was that our niece used to do, bespackling? Yes, she used to put the stuff on everything Thank to you. make sure you saw what it was she had. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're waiting for the door frame to be lit up. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> you're waiting for the the enter here sign to get lit up in neon lights yes, sir, yes. and the Lord is saying I've placed it in front of you right, yes, and every time I do you keep walking in the other direction <laughs> what I've realized is sometimes we don't understand what an open door really looks like and feels like let me give you one example <laughs> I was watching uh, I love National Geographic that kind of stuff right so I'm watching this one episode where this leopard is destroying this community of farmers he's messing up and killing their livestock, yes, killing sheep and other things. So these um, trappers trap the leopard. They are conservationists, so they don't want to kill the leopard. They take the leopard, they capture it, put it on the back of a truck, take him miles into the wilderness so that he can't bother anybody anymore. Let, let, the, let him do the wild things that leopards do. Capture things out in the, way out in the jungle. Don't, don't worry about us. We'll, we're trying to be kind to you. We're doing what is best for you. Right, the leopard is now captured. So they get out in the middle of the wilderness, get ready to release this leopard. He's on the back of a truck. This man who has 
gone through all of this trouble to capture this leopard, opens up the cage to the leopard, but the leopard doesn't know to leave. He will not get out of the cage. So this man, okay, so he's trying to figure out now how he's supposed to get rid of this thing that he's, he saved this creature. And the creature doesn't know it's saved, right? Has no idea. So he's poking the leopard, trying to get that leopard out of his truck, out of the, out of the cage that he's in, out of the open door that's right in front of him. He keeps poking him, keeps pushing him. The leopard's getting madder and madder and madder. He's not realizing that this guy is trying to help him. So when he does finally get out the cage, he's angry at this point and starts attacking the man, the person who saved him. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, <laughs> where you thought, so maybe you've been offering somebody some advice, and you know if they follow the advice, they'll be okay, but they don't follow your advice, and then they end up being mad at you because they didn't follow the advice. That's how we do the Lord all the time. He sets in front of us an open door, and we're saying, Lord, help me. And the Lord's saying, I've set before you an open door. Why aren't you walking through it? Because it doesn't look like the door you expected it to look like. <laughs> But on the other side of it is your saving. We have to trust that when he opens the door, it is the one that will save us. We have to trust that when he opens the door, this is the one I'm supposed to be walking through. So let's go back to Corinthians, which is where I started this entire discussion. Let's get into the meat of this message now. In the scripture to the Corinthians, Paul has a very interesting relationship with the Corinthian church. I say interesting. If you read Romans where Paul is writing to the Roman church, you will, talk, you will see how the Holy Spirit is using Paul to talk about grace, how he speaks to the fact that salvation is available to you if you can just believe. You will see the fundamentals of our salvation laid out in great detail. The same is true for Corinthians, but what's different about the Corinthians, and probably Galatians to the same, in the same degree, is you will learn a lot about Paul by listening to what he's going through. In chapter 2, um, you see Paul is dealing with some kind of problem in the church. You see, Paul has, the, the Corinthian church was an incredibly important ministry. He, in fact, we find out in Acts chapter 18, that Paul had been working on the Corinthian ministry, had left his homeland and went to Corinthian, which is in Greece, and he stayed there for 18 months, tending and planting this church. He's a, he's a minister and a missionary and a preacher, and he's planting and carving and, and, and taking care of this church. Not long after he leaves, they go nuts. They, they go through sexual immorality, fornication, adultery. They're drinking communion wine and getting drunk on it in the church. These people came and turned out the whole assembly quickly. Like he spent time trying to get them right. And you see in some of the writings his frustration. He says, I've, pre I've taught you this already. You should know better than this. There are two types of people in Corinth he comes across. There are those who are Jewish who hold on to, to, to traditions very closely to the point where they think the traditions are more important than the blood of Jesus. 
Then on the other extremes, you have the folks who came out of the world just generally, pagans they would refer to them as, who have all kinds of belief systems and who basically whatever feels good is good to them, right? They just have no, they have no filters, right? They have no, they don't stop anything. On this side, they think all of their filters are gonna save them. On this side, they have no filters at all. And Paul is trying to pull them into salvation, both sides into salvation. And what's happening in Corinthians is that you see them having complained and actually said, Paul isn't even, a, they accused Paul of not even being an apostle. That's how far they took it. <laughs> and Paul is getting frustrated with them. And in this chapter two, you will see that Paul actually starts to say, <laughs> Paul actually starts to, to say to them, he says, I'm gonna just let this go. The person who did this, the person who created this situation, I'm gonna forgive. That's the first few verses. Let me go now to back into that and you'll see the context, hopefully, that I've just said. To whom you forgive anything, and that's what he's talking about, the situation of an offender. He says, to whom you forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgive anything, to whom I forgive it, for your sakes forgive I it in the person of Christ. I'm going to do this not because of I, I think you're right or because I think I'm right, but because Christ is more important than any of that right and he also goes on to say lest satan should get an advantage of us so he's realizing look if we don't get past this if we don't somehow fix this in our hearts and our minds we are not representing christ express person and desire in our church and we're also going to give satan an angle to get in between us it's amazing how quickly one small defect turns into something way bigger. And Paul is saying here, lest, lest this be taken too far, I'm going to just say, for Christ's sake, let's just forgive this. Let's just let this go. Let's just use our compassion here and not give anything an opportunity to come in the way. So then we get to verse 12, and he says, Furthermore, when I came to Trous to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. So he goes, he, he's got this in the back of his spirit, remember, this kind of conflict and this issue. And he comes into this place called Traus, which is actually in modern day Turkey. So he's traveling around in that Mediterranean area. And he says, and I had no rest in my spirit. <laughs> so he's gone to Traus with a particular desire to preach, to teach, and to do the work of the Lord. But he confesses that I didn't have any rest in my spirit. <laughs> I'm realizing that sometimes when doors are open before us, we don't see them for what they are because our spirit is heavy with something. We're distracted on the inside. And Paul basically says he's distracted here because I found up my brother Titus, but taking my leave of them, and so he leaves the area. He leaves the area that a door was open to him because of what he was going through. And I went from thence into Macedonia. He didn't stop doing work, but he stopped doing work where the door was open to him. And I'm wondering sometimes if we stop the work too quickly because the door has been opened to us, but our hearts and our minds are so distracted that we are not seeing the door for what it really is. <laughs> this world, this life has so much to throw at us. I was just looking at the news this week these poor situation that I'm finding folks in this week where they are 
you know, a man who is in charge of his family and he's sending them to safety, grabbing a gun, a, an actual machine gun of some kind, I don't even know what the description of it is, and he's saying, I'm defending this spot while my family leaves. That is what is being placed before him. You can imagine if something like that is in front of him, he wouldn't see what is in front of him because of he's looking for the danger. And I wonder sometimes if sometimes we let the cares of the world come in and take away and distract from what is really right in front of us. Let me just read another scripture here in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. Paul is talking to the Corinthians again. Thank you, Lord. And he says, 1 Corinthians uh, verse 9, 16, verse 9. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9, he says, For a great door and effectual is opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. I was looking at this scripture, uh, and he's basically saying the door doesn't mean that it's just going to be easy. The door simply means I have a way and a great way to go through, but it doesn't remove the problems that are going to be there and I think sometimes rather than look at the door we're looking at the adversaries <laughs> do you remember when they were supposed to the children of Israel were supposed to go into the land that the Lord had assigned to them and when he got ready to go into the land they sent spies into the land to see what the land's like is it good land is it bad land does, does it, is it good for fruit is it have wood are there people there we have to fight Right, and there were two testimonies that came back. One that was laced with fear and uncertainty and doubt, and one that was full of faith. The fear part said, the people are giants. And not only did the fear part say the people are giants, they said the people, when they look at us, we are insects in their eyes. Now, the thing about that particular exchange that lets you know something was wrong was the fact that they were spying the land without being seen. But somehow they had said in their minds, when they see us, we're like insects in their eyes. So now what has happened is the uncertainty of the problem has created, has created a situation where you think that they think that you are small. And they haven't even seen you yet. That's what fear does. Fear looks at an open door and says, I'm not sure what's on the, inside, on the other side of that door. Let me stay here. <laughs> the mind is the most important part of whether you get to your deliverance or not. Because if the door's open to you and you don't want to go through the door, if the door is open to you and you just stay where you are, it doesn't matter what kind of deliverance is on the other side of that door, you'll never get to it. You have to decide that I'm going through the door the Lord's opened and I know it's new and I know it's different but this is a part of his plan. Let me go back to, um, let me go back to uh, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Verse two, chapter 2 verse 12. Furthermore, when I came to Trous to preach Christ's gospel, and a door was opened unto me of the Lord. I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus my brother. But taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia. Verse 14. 
Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. He was looking at the situation and saying, but you know what? I got to give God thanks. Because no matter what I was, when I was down in my own mind, the Lord was making me win. Meaning he was shepherding me in the right direction. You know what he said about the open door in Revelation? He said, I've placed before you an open door. And I think some of the times we look at what is in front of us and we're fearful. And rather than go back, we'll go back to the familiar. Even when it was bad for us, we prayed for the deliverance. But the Lord was saying, I'm going to deliver you out of what you have right now. And you're saying, but that's what I'm used to. And he's putting an open door and saying, in front of you is the way. Meaning, you can't go back to some of those past things to go get the deliverance because it's in front of you. Your past doesn't have your deliverance because if it did, you'd be there already. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever done this where you've been in a bad situation and, um, and maybe you've moved on from it and you're in a new situation now. But your mind has this funny thing of playing playing those, recalling those bad things back to mind. And it can paralyze you for what you're about to go forward into because you're worrying about what has already been. There is a reason why the door was opened in front of you and not behind you. It was opened up in front of you because there's no answers for them in the past. It's over. Paul said, I press towards the mark, forgetting those things which were behind me, I press. That open door is in front of you. You're not going to find the answer in those past troubles. You're not going to find the answer in those bad habits that you've tried to get rid of. The Lord is placing an open door in front of you to encourage your forward process, progress. Don't worry about what's going on behind you. Don't worry about the past. If the front open door is in front of you, let me go back to Revelations and I'll take my seat. Thank you, Lord. Message to Philadelphia, Revelations chapter 3 and verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true. He that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. I know what's been going on there. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Look, <laughs> you may have some doubts, fears, and uncertainties. You may take your time, but the only way that door shuts is if he shuts it. <laughs> the only way that door shuts is if he shuts it. That's why I'm confident that the Lord will always deliver his people. He is long-suffering, patient, true, and holy. And he's, look, look what he went on to say. He says, for thou hast a little strength. <laughs> they need a whole bunch to get through this door. You just got to have the right mind. Like the door doesn't need strength because he's the one who opened it. Now, if you'd have got there before he opened it, you would have been in trouble because you don't have the strength in any way. So your little strength would have worked against you. But he's saying, I've opened the door which takes me back to the song I started this whole message with. Tell me what more can he do? He's laid the foundation and opened the door 
You've got to walk on through it. I'm asking you, saints, don't let the past mess with your movement forward into the future. Let him guide you. We are here to get closer to Christ. We are here to walk through the doors he's opening for us. Don't you worry about how rich we are, how poor we are, how many we are. <laughs> he is his strength that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. <laughs> if I was looking for numbers, we, would, we, we could change the message right now and get them. <laughs> if you're looking for popularity, we could change our message right now and get it. But that's not what we are doing. We are trying to go through the door he opened. I'm not opening any door for myself or for you. I am walking through the door he's opened. I'm going to let the Lord bless us, keep us, and move us forward in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.